The message you're about listening to is from Pastor E.A. Adeboe, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Father Almighty, the one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come, the unchangeable Lord, we worship you. We thank you for all you've done for us, particularly since we started this series. Thank you because day after day you have been lifting us higher and higher. We are grateful. And we know you will continue to lift us higher. So please accept our worship in Jesus' name. Continue with us, Lord, as we continue in our series. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. How well you wave to one or two people and say, good day, God bless you. We'll be looking at First King chapter 18 from verse 30 to 35. First Kings chapter 18 from verse 30 to 35. That will be going higher, part 28. And if you want to give it a subtitle, you want to call it Repair Your Altar. Repair Your Altar. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as will contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time, and they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time, and they did it the third time. And the water ran up round about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. Here we find Elijah demonstrating to every man present that he was a man of great faith. He was about to offer a sacrifice to God, And he was going to ask God to send down fire from heaven. 
And it looks as if he decided to make the situation absolutely impossible for God by making sure that there was plenty of water around the sacrifice. Why did he do this? Oh, we could spend a, a whole service discussing that. Maybe you want to do it to let everybody know there's no fire under this sacrifice. So I'm not pretending that there's no fire there. You yourself are pouring water until the whole place is overflowing with water. So if I place any fire under, uh, by now the fire will be out. The second thing, of course, is that uh, He's a man of great faith. The third thing is that uh, some people have said that when God wants to be wonderful, he starts with a problem. And when he wants to be miraculous, he starts with an impossibility. In other words, the bigger the problem, the greater the glory that God will get out of it. And so I'm saying to those of you who think you have big problems, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, your testimony shall be big. Yeah. But the aspect that I want to focus on for the next uh, few minutes is the issue of the altar. Because the Bible says here, Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord that are broken down. People who have not been worshiping God for quite a while, so the altar of God had been badly damaged. And then he built a new altar in his place. What is the altar? The altar is the meeting place where God meets man. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. Genesis 12, verse 7. We hear about Abraham suddenly finding himself in contact with God. And what did he do? He built an altar. An altar is a meeting place between man and God. An altar is where man calls on God. Genesis chapter 12, verse 8. Genesis 12, verse 8. Same Abraham built an altar and called on God. An altar, therefore, is a place where you return to again and again when you want to call on God. Genesis 13, from verse 1 to 4. Genesis 13, 1 to 4. An altar is a place where God receives offerings and makes covenant with man. An altar is where you present your offering to God. And when God wants to make a covenant with you, it will be at an altar. 
Genesis chapter 8, from verse 20 to 22. When Noah came out of the ark, he built an altar, presented an offering to God. God received the offering and made the covenant. I said, I will no longer wipe out the world with water. He made the covenant. He said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, day and night, hot and cold, will not cease. It was at an altar. <laughs> that is why anyone who has any sense at all, they give priority to the altar. Genesis 13, verse 14 to 18. Genesis 13, 14 to 18. Whenever Abraham moved from one place to the other, the first thing he does is to build an altar. I want a place where I can be in contact with God. Now, when we talk about the altar, there is the physical altar, like we have in a church setting. But the altar that God is interested in most is the altar in your heart. An altar you can carry about anywhere you go, day and night. That's why in Joel chapter 2, verse 13, Joel chapter 2, verse 13, God said, Rend your heart, not your dress. God said, The altar I'm interested in is the one in your heart. That's why in Matthew 5, verse 8, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, it is written. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If the, heart, if the altar in your heart is pure, God will pay you a visit there. That's why David said in Psalm 108 verse 1, Psalm 108 108 verse 1. He said, ah, My heart is fixed within me. I will praise the Lord. I have an altar inside where I can praise God. When David went astray, he cried to God in Psalm 51 verse 10. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart. In other words, God help me repair the altar that is in my heart. That brings us to the big question. How is the altar 
in your heart. Today, you are going to do some serious checking. Is the altar in my heart in good condition? You see, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, the Bible says, check, are you still in the faith? Check. Is the altar in your heart still in good condition? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12 says, If you think you stand, take it. Oh, you think the altar is strong. There's no problem. My altar is okay with God. The Bible says, take it. You need to check this day. As it's written in Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Revelation 2, verse 1 to 4. Are you sure you have not left your first love? Is your altar still okay? Because according to Revelation chapter 3 from verse 15 to 16, Revelation 3 from verse 15 to 16, you may need to do a little bit of checking. Am I as hot as I used to be? Or am I now lukewarm? Because you need to check that the altar in your heart is in good order. Otherwise, you don't find yourself like in the case of Samson in Judges chapter 16. And you can read this whole story from verse 1 to 21. Judges 16 from verse 1 to 21. You know how this mighty man of God slowly, very, very slowly, little step up at a time, lost complete contact with God. And when he got up and said, I will go out as before, <laughs> he discovered that, hey, the altar inside had been destroyed. He couldn't go out as before because the one he used to meet at the altar had gone. Several years ago, I think I, I, I must have taught you about how the enemy will attack a strong man. When the enemy wants to attack a strong man, he won't come direct. He won't come face to face. He will want to come from behind. And I gave the illustration of a leaking tank. You fill the tank of your car with fuel, enough fuel to go from at least Lagos to Ibadan. And then there is a little hole in the tank. And as you are driving, just one little drop of fuel, one drop per second per second, 
And all of a sudden, you get halfway, and you discover your, term, your, your tank is empty. You used to pray nonstop for two, three hours. Let's say, well, let's say one hour. <laughs> and then you now pray for 59 minutes and you, hey, there isn't much difference between 59 minutes and one hour, only one minute. And then 59 becomes 58 and then 57. And that before you know it, <laughs> we are talking of 27 and 17, and then seven. Where are you in your relationship with God? Check your altar. Because you will need to repair the altar before you can pray the prayer that will bring fire down. That's the point. The moment you discover, after a thorough self-examination, that the altar in your heart is no longer as it used to be restitute, urgently, I will advise you to study the book of Joshua, chapter 7, and chapter 8. Joshua chapter 7 and Joshua chapter 8. You see, in Joshua chapter 1, God promised Joshua, from verse 1 to 8 there, that nobody will be able to stand before him all the days of his life. Anywhere the soles of your foot shall tread, I've given it unto you. And then came Joshua chapter 7. And Israel fled before the enemy. Joshua fell on his face and said, what's going on? That's what you should do. Check what's wrong with the altar in my life. God spoke to him. Yeah, there's a problem with the altar. And unless you restitute, I'm not going with you anymore. Immediately, Joshua restituted. And then, in Joshua chapter 8, he went ahead and conquered, just like God promised. You see, because God made a promise in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 22. Jeremiah 3, verse 22. He said, ah, if you will return to me, I will heal your backsliding. In Hosea, chapter 14, verse 4. Hosea, chapter 14, verse 4. He said, I will heal your backsliding. I will love you freely. If you are willing to repair the altar, God says, no problem. We can come back together and begin to have fellowship as we used to. 
That's the first thing you should do. Repair the altar. And then put something on the altar. Elijah repaired the altar. Then he presented his offering on the altar. Hmm. Probably before we go to putting something on the altar, let me give you, let me remind you of a story I told you years ago about the issue of restitution, because many of you now don't, don't seem to want to hear anything about restitution again. But if you find that you are not making spiritual progress, it is most likely because you need to restitute your ways. I told you I went to the University of Ibadan to go and minister. When we got to, the, to Ibadan that evening, we branched at a petrol station to buy fuel so that I can get up very early the following morning and head to Lagos. The following morning, I started the car. The car will start, and, but when we try to move, the engine will cough and stop. To cut a long story short, when the uh, engineers at the, at the campus took a look at what was going on, he said, sorry, sir, there's water in the carburetor. Apparently, where we went to buy fuel, they were selling fuel mixed with water. Sir, what do I do? He said, sorry, sir, you are not going anywhere in a hurry. We have to put down your tank. We have to drain every bit of fuel in the car, in the car and then separate water from fuel. And then put the fuel back, and then you'll be on your way until they did that. I was stuck. Is there water mixed with the fuel of your life? Have you something in your possession that is not rightfully yours? You must restitute your ways. Oh yes, the engine won't start. If it starts, it's not going to work. After you have restituted your ways, after you have repaired the altar, then put something on the altar. Why? Because from the scriptures, the fire of God never fell on an empty altar. And I'm going to give you Several examples, very quickly, I'll just give you the Bible passages, you go and read it yourself. When God's fire fell, there must be something that the fire is going to fall upon. Let me begin. Number one, Genesis chapter 19 from verse 23 to 24. Genesis 19, 23 to 24. The fire of God fell on Sodom and Gomorrah. There were people for the fire to consume. Number two, 
Leviticus chapter 9 from verse 18 to 24. Leviticus 9, 18 to 24. Aaron's made an offering to God and the fire of God fell on the offering. First Chronicles chapter 21 verse 26. First Chronicles 21 verse 26. David presented an offering to God and fire fell. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 1. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 1. Solomon presented an offering to God and fire fell. Well, the other example is the one we are reading about in First Kings chapter 18, and we'll come to that later on. Elijah presented an offering to God, and fire fell. In Second Kings chapter 1, verse 9 to 12, <laughs> we have very interesting cases here. Second Kings chapter 1, verse 9 to 12, Elijah was sitting on a hill. And the king sent 50 soldiers and their captain to go and arrest him. And when they got there, they said, man of God, come down. He said, hey, you know I'm a man of God, yes? And you want to arrest me? He said, yes. He said, okay, I'll make you an offering to God. <laughs> and fire fell. Twice in one day. But each time there was something for the fire to fall upon. And then, of course, that beautiful one in Acts chapter 2, from verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 2, from verse 1 to 4, on the day of Pentecost, when the apostles gathered together in the upper room, oh, fire of God fell, and fell on every one of them. The fire will not fall on an empty altar. Which brings us to the conclusion. Would you love to have a taste of heavenly fire? All you have to do is simple. According to Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Romans 12 verse 1. You present yourself as a living sacrifice on the altar to God. Then you can expect the fire to fall. We sing this song in the days gone by. Holy Ghost fire, fire fall on me. As on the day of Pentecost, fire fall on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure many, many times when we sing this song, the Almighty God will sit down in heaven and smile. You want the, my fire to fall on you? Are you ready for it? Because if the fire falls on a sinner, it will consume the sinner. As those of them in Sodom and Gomorrah, they will tell you. 
But if he falls on a true child of the living God who has surrendered all, ah, uh, power comes as the apostles. And we'll be hearing more about this later on. So today, if you are not a true child of God, please don't pray that the fire of God will fall. Because if it falls, and there is sin in your life, mm, it will be trouble. But if you're a child of the living God, and you are hungry for his power, and you want a taste of him, repair the altar of God in your life, restitute your ways, then lay yourself on the altar and call on him and his fire will fall. So those of you who <laughs> are not sure if the fire of God will fall today, it will not be to consume you. You're not sure of your salvation, or you are not sure that the altar of God in your life is properly prepared, but you want to cry unto him for salvation or for restoration. Wherever you are now, if you bow your head and cry to him for salvation or restoration or the grace to restitute, I'm willing to join my prayers with yours and the almighty God will answer us. So if you want to give your life to Jesus or you want to be restored to him, please bow your heads now and cry to him. And I pray for you in a moment. Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you for your word, my Father, my God. Thank you because you are there in heaven watching every one of us. You know those who are hungry for you, Lord, those who are saying, please save our souls. Please answer them, O oh Lord. Save their souls today. Let your blood wash away their sins. And from now on, each time they call on you, please answer them by fire. As for those of us, Lord God Almighty, who were hot for you once, but have become lukewarm, please restore us, Lord. And as we spread ourselves before you on the altar, surrendering completely to you, send the fire. Heat us up again so that all will be well. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Please join us on this same station at this time for another wonderful experience as Pastor E.A. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the Word of God.